0: Welcome to the Truth Wars Podcast with Dr. Olin Stubbs. Olin has recently written his first book, which is titled, What to Do with Worry, Why Playing God Never Works. You can find Olin's book on christianfocus.com and amazon.com. Now, here's Olin. So we're going to look at this idea of glorifying God in your work. Which really does come out of y'all's mission statement here. And in just a second, I'm going to look at this really short passage from the book of 1 Peter. Um, If you want to try to pull that up on your Bible, like you can, again, you don't have to, it's so short. I think it'll be easy to kind of just listen along and remember. Um, But, you know, Peter was Jesus' kind of main disciple and follower. And after Jesus had died and resurrected, he kind of became the leader of the New Testament church for, you know, probably 30 years until he died. And he writes this short little letter, uh, probably very close before he died. And he, he's specifically talking to Christians and churches about how they should love one another and take care of one another. But the principles that are in that really can be applied to any person anywhere because I, probably most of us are familiar. I mean, we're still in the Bible Belt, you know. Um even though it's the 21st century, right? So so we're still familiar probably with some of the Bible stories out there. and Probably most of us remember there was at least a time or two where somebody would interact with Jesus, and they'd say, well, what's the most important commandment of all, right? Which I like things like that. Make it simple, bottom line. Jesus said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he would always say, and the second is like it. (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself, which is really intriguing because people would only ask for one commandment, and he's like, i got to give you two. (laughs) And I think here's the reason why. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and I don't want anybody to answer out loud or raise your hand. In some sense, this is rhetorical, maybe just answering your own mind. If somebody just asked you, do you love God, I think the average human being, I mean, not even talking about Christians, just average human being, they would say, yes, of course I love God. But in some sense, like, well, how do you know? How do you show it? I mean, if you wanted to kind of almost be uh, adversarial people, you might say, prove it. And I think what Jesus would say, if you really love God, you'll love people. That's how it will show up in your life. It's easy to say, I love God. It's a little bit harder to say, I love people, because people around you might say, it doesn't feel like you love me. Right? <laughs> and so that's kind of the principle in one sense we're going to look, be looking at, is this idea of loving other people and what that really means. Now, even that phrase, Jesus says, love your neighbors yourself. It was another time Jesus was having a conversation. I think it was actually with a lawyer, which those are always interesting. And the lawyer said, "Well, who is my neighbor? Like technically, right?" And Jesus tells the story of the, the good Samaritan. Again, with a lot of us familiar, this guy beat up, he's hurt, he's robbed, he's laying there, and somebody that comes along with a different ethnicity, nationality, that ought to be his enemy, but he takes pity binds up his wounds, takes him to an inn, pays for him to stay there, which really aligns with a lot of what y'all do in the hospitality world. Uh, So it's really interesting. In some sense, Jesus says, your neighbor is whoever you trip over. I mean, it's everybody, but really it's the people you come into contact every day, whether you look like them, whether you like them, whether you're supposed to be buddies or not, you treat them like your neighbor. Okay, so these principles are gonna be, I think, applicable. So let me just read this passage briefly. This is 1 Peter chapter four. I'll start in verse eight. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Some translations say fervently. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so just really three really quick, short points that will hopefully be helpful. Share, serve, and steward. All right, if you, if you want to glorify God in your work, think along these lines. I want to share, I want to serve, I want to steward. Okay, the idea of share first. Just think about what he says in that... First verse there, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And, and literally, if you kind of translate it in a, a wooden literal way, it would say, love people on the stretch, like strain to love people. The idea if you were ever running a sprint or a marathon and you're at the end and you're trying to cross the finish line, you feel tired and you're about to give up and you're, every muscle fiber is straining, that's the kind of effort we're supposed to put into loving other human beings. And let's just be honest with ourselves for a second. If somebody's like, hey, I need you to love this other person for just one second in one incident, it's probably like, got it, right? And then when it's like, no, no, no I need you to like love this person for the rest of your life, i.e. marriage, something like that, kids, right? It's like, uh, that sounds a lot harder. <laughs> and just a lot of the principles we're going to talk about here, it, it, it goes beyond work. I mean, I apply in family, neighborhood, wherever, okay? Love other human beings. And then I love this because Peter gets really specific. He gives us two different ways in a sense that we can share with people. Practically, we can love them. The first he says, love covers a multitude of sins. This was an Old Testament proverb. He's kind of quoting it. But just think about that concept practically in a work environment. Let's say um, your shift is supposed to end at 5 and somebody else is coming on for the night shift and they're late. Right? The the mean thing, the exacting thing to do, right, is to be standing there, you know, What's wrong with you? Maybe you leave and lock the door, you know. Maybe you call the boss, right? Hey, Josh, she was late again, right? Listen, if you hate somebody, let's just be honest for a second. If you hate somebody, you enjoy finding things wrong about them. And you enjoy exposing them, right? I mean, it's delightful. But if you love somebody, there can be a joy in covering over their small faults. Right? Hey, I'll cover your shift, not a big deal. I got you. I can stay a little late. You know, it costs you something. There's sacrifice in it. But when you really love somebody, you're willing to pay that price. Now think about it uh, maybe in a different context. Conversation. Have you ever had this happen? I had it happen to me yesterday morning with one of my sons, who will remain nameless to protect the (laughs) not-so-innocent. When one person comes into a conversation and they're in a bad mood, angry, defensive, Shut down, arrogant, whatever. What is your just most natural, visceral response? It's to respond in kind, isn't it? Oh, you want to come at me with aggression? I can come back over the top, right? I'll see you one and raise you one. And how does that usually go for any interaction? <laughs> it doesn't suddenly get better, right? Well, she yelled at me first, so then I yelled back, and then we hugged, and it was great. <laughs> it's not the way it goes, Right? But if we can have the wherewithal in that moment to say, yeah, this, this person, in a sense, is sinning against me. I came to work, I was in a good mood, and I showed up and she was rude. She was really short with me. I, but I had the presence of mind in that moment to say, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be gracious. Usually if you can persevere in that for just a little bit, what tends to happen to the other person? They respond, they soften. Okay, so love says, I'm willing to sacrifice to share and sometimes to cover, share some of my time, my energy, my resources to cover the other person's faults. Okay, the customer maybe, I mean, whoever. Now, let me, let me kind of give a little side note addendum. You can't take this to an extreme, and here's what I mean. Let, let's say you had somebody showing up for work two hours late every day, and every time they came in, like their eyes were bloodshot and they looked disheveled. Love doesn't just keep covering that up. Right? Real love says something deeper is going on in this person's life. They must have some real problems at home. i got to talk to them. i got to confront them. Maybe I do need to pull Josh or Mike in and say something's going on with Bob, and I'm concerned. But again, love's the motive, even when you confront. Does that make sense? So I can share my time, my resources to cover people, and then I can share in hospitality. He says practice hospitality without grumbling. Hospitality, if you translated that word literally from the Greek, it literally means stranger love love strangers that's what hospitality literally means love people you don't even know but here's here's the thing that makes it extra hard because in one sense I don't, I don't want to minimize but in america guys we are so blessed with resources it's easy to write a check sometimes isn't it that's kind of the, the easiest thing you can do but to really get involved and just again stay involved not just a one-off right if somebody writes me a letter that says Hey, I'd love you to send me a check one time for one little, you know, nonprofit trip I'm going overseas to help build a well somewhere. Just one time. It's like, piece of cake. And I look like a hero in the process, right? But when somebody's like, hey, I'd like you to get involved in this project for like the next few years, he's like, woo-woo, i got to think about that. That's going to cost me something. And Peter says, do hospitality without grumbling, without complaint. And that's where the rubber really meets the road, right? I mean, it, it is so hard to serve other people. Most of us, hey, you got to serve in this way. Okay. No, no, you got to serve. you got to share your time and resources and not grumble, not complain. Don't have a bad attitude. And, and that's, that's a lot harder. I'll give you just a couple personal stories recently. Um, I had to, uh, last week, I had to have an interaction with a car insurance company, okay, which again will remain nameless and uh and with an apartment complex okay um and both of my first interactions over the phone with individuals that worked there they were not enjoyable now let me just let me I want to try to be as fair and objective as I can be the people were not rude they weren't mean they weren't spiteful but I would say they did the bare minimum it seemed to me like they were reading off a script They they didn't seem like they were doing anything to make my life easier right just do it on the app. And I'm like, I'm trying to do it on the app. The app's not working. That's why I called you. <laughs> you know? Now, I left both those conversations. And again, I don't think you could say those people did anything wrong. It was like, it was neutral. But you can't really say that anything great either. And I don't know how y'all's minds work in those interactions. But my mom was thinking, I hope I never have to do business with that company again. I mean, I was ready to write off an entire you know, nationwide insurance company because of one interaction with one employee on the phone. And then there was a second phone call in both situations with a different employee, and the person was bright, they were cheery, they were expressive, they engaged me, and it really seemed like this person is going the extra mile to help me. And it's a small thing. I mean, we're talking about $50 or something, but they seemed glad to help me. They're staying on the phone with me. And you know what? I got off the phone with those interactions saying, those people didn't seem to have a grumbling spirit. They seemed to genuinely enjoy, there, there seemed to be a spirit of hospitality. I'm happy. You're a stranger to me, but I'm happy to love you and take care of you. And I thought, I'd love to work with these companies again. So I don't think Josh brought me up here for some kind of pragmatic mindset. But when you really do try to glorify God in your work and have these kind of loving attitudes with people, it does help out your bottom line I mean, just practically, it's a secondary benefit, right? It's like it puts a smile on God's face, and it puts a smile on the customer's face, and they're like, I'd like to come back there. And it puts a smile on your face, because you do better in business. Everybody wins, right? Um, in the words of Michael Scott, it's win, win, win. Everybody wins, okay? <laughs> um, so one guy, he, he kind of translated this verse into his own words, and he said it this way, Be hospitable to one another without secretly wishing you hadn't got to be. Have you ever done that? But I am serving this person. On the outside, I'm smiling. <laughs> On the inside, I'm frowning. <laughs> Why is my boss making me deal with this person again? <laughs> Don't have that attitude, okay? Be ready and willing to share, okay? Secondly, serve, and we've kind of already gotten into this. Let me just read 10 and 11 again. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, okay? As good stewards of God's very grace. The idea, guys, is God has created every human being Unique like a snowflake. And part of that means every single human being has some strength, has some gift. And most of us have multiple strengths and multiple gifts. And nobody's exactly alike. And here's the thing. God has given you that gift not to just promote yourself, not to exalt yourself, not to just serve yourself in your self-interest, but to serve other people. And the more that you can spend time and energy trying to figure out your gifts... And not in some weird introspective way where you just spend all weekend at home reading self-help books to develop yourself. But there's a right way to want to understand yourself so you can say, hey, here are the one or two or three things I'm really great at where I think I can serve the company, I can serve the customer better, and here are the things I'm not good at. Now listen, this is another kind of just side note, business principle. Don't be that employee that comes in and says, well, My Myers-Briggs says that I'm good at these two things, and I'm terrible at these two things, so never ask me to do these two things, right? Because most bosses eventually are going to tell that person, hey, it's been nice. Go find somewhere else to work. I think everybody can agree. Whatever your worldview, belief about God, and all that is, this world is not a perfect place. We're not perfect people. And so part of being imperfect people that an imperfect planet is we're all going to have to do some stuff we don't like and we're not good at, right? I mean, even the President of the United States, I guarantee you, there are parts of his job, he's like, I don't want to have to kiss another baby. But you got to <laughs> kiss another baby, right? So just get used to it. But there is wisdom in trying to say, I want to learn my unique gifts so I can tailor-make them to serve other people. Again, not to self-promote, but to serve others. Really look for that. Um, and when everybody in the company is doing that, because you all have a little bit different gifts, it, people coming into an experience with your company, it will be like listening to a great orchestra play, right? And I'm not an expert on the arts. Y'all are probably all more artistically and culturally minded than I am, just because you live in Nashville, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but, I know enough to know if if you hear some orchestra playing and there's 80 different people playing all different sorts of instruments and they're all hitting the right note, there's a unique kind of beauty in that that's attractive. That just hearing one person, even the best guitarist in the world playing a solo, can't match. And there's something about the goodness and the glory of God that gets shown off in that. When we say, I'm trying to play to my strength, but not, again, in a self-exalting way. I'm trying to be a team player to serve others. It's really it's glorious. It makes God look good because he's the one that gave us the gifts. So third point, steward. Okay, He said in there, be a steward of God's manifold grace, all the different types of gifts he gives you. A steward is an overseer. A steward is a manager. A steward is somebody who gets other people's property and possessions, and they manage it not for themselves, for others. So imagine, okay, this illustration may not exactly fit because I don't, you know, I'm not an expert in all this business. But imagine there was some new territory y'all were wanting to get into, some new property or something, and Micah gave you the company card and said, listen, there's the owner over there. I want you to go and wine and dine them and do a site visit, but I want you to really try to win these people over, show them the hospitality that we have here in Nashville, take them out, you know, give them the best of the city. And then Micah comes to check in on you and maybe you're having a dinner meeting with these clients and you've got the company card and you've gone to the nicest restaurant in town but you just paid for your own food, you know? And they're just sitting over there drinking water and eating the free bread. I mean, you have not been a good steward. The the point of stewardship is God has given you gifts. Yes, there are ways that they're going to benefit you but that shouldn't be on the front burner of your mind. On the front burner of your mind is why does God bless me? Why is maybe you have a speaking gift? Why has God made me such a great communicator? It's not just so people think you wonderful; it's so that you can steward that gift to communicate well with others. Maybe you have a great leadership gift, and you're great at leading team meetings and discussions and making plans. Why again has God given you that gift to steward it for His glory, but also for the good of other people? And if you think that way, it will real, really radically affect how you go about your day-to-day work. Okay. Um, And then notice this, okay? And again, this was originally written for Christians in a church, okay? So in verse 11, where he says, whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Peter probably has in mind preachers, teachers, doing stuff like that. But again, these are broader principles that can be applied anyway. And I want us just to think together for a second about the power of the tongue. There's a proverb in the Old Testament that said, a soothing tongue is like the tree of life. Now, Have any of you ever, maybe, just for a second, I'm not gonna ask you to share out loud, so don't worry, okay? So you can be really honest with yourself. Maybe you've been having the worst day of your life. Things at home are terrible with the family. Your finances are tight. Maybe your health is not good. Maybe something happened with your house. Whatever, car problems. You've been stuck on the phone with the company who won't help you and the app's not working right. It's like everything's going wrong. And you're driving into work, maybe. And there's almost like a mantra playing on repeat in your mind. My life stinks. I'm stuck. I, it's not getting better. And a lot of this is my fault because I have made some stupid decisions. And I kind of feel like a failure. And I'm like, you know, you ever been there, right? And all the negative stuff is on repeat? And then you show up to work and then maybe a fellow employee comes up, maybe somebody you don't even know very well, and say, hey, you know what? You spoke up in that meeting the other day, and you shared something, and that, that was so insightful, it was so helpful, it changed the whole you know direction that we were going with that decision, and you really helped seal the deal. Well done. I just wanted to say, I don't even know you well, but thank you for speaking up. You brought your unique gift and it really helped. And somebody encourages you like that, and it, it can literally lift your whole spirits, can it not? I mean it can change your whole persona for the day. It's like man i drove into work feeling like a loser and now i kind of feel like somebody special guys don't underestimate the power of words and you don't have to be like a public motivation you don't have to be tony robbins to use your words to help people it gets so much of that can be sometimes the one-on-one personalized word is even more powerful and, and what peter's literally saying here is listen you have the choice to be a mouthpiece of God. Probably most of us have heard somebody, again, in the South say something to the effect of, well, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. You ever heard stuff like that, right? Jesus is not literally walking the planet anymore, so there's all these people out here that the ministry, and we're the hands. That, that's good. There, there's a lot of truth in that. In the very same way, you could say, we are the mouthpiece of Jesus. We, we have the privilege, when we do it right, of speaking words of God that can give life to people even in the normal, mundane parts of business. So, let me just uh, let me kind of summarize like this, by way of application. If you say, okay, it's good stuff, but maybe it's a little much, let, boil it down for me. Let me just give you three perspectives I think can help you. When you think, okay, how do I want to serve other people? Maybe the most simple is this, just serve others the way you want to be served. <laughs> right? Even if you're like, man, I'm not sure where I stand with whole God, Jesus, and all the Bible stuff. Well, one of the greatest things Jesus said, some of just his moral, ethical teaching that virtually all of the world would embrace is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others the way you'll be treated. Because, listen, I was talking to somebody recently who would say, I don't even know believe in God. And if I do believe in God, it's not the God of the Bible. But they have to admit, that principle makes a lot of logical sense, does it not? If I want other people to treat me with respect, then I've got to treat them with respect. That's a great way to, the client calls, whatever, how would I want to be treated if the shoe's on their foot? But people call it the golden rule. But you can actually go a little higher than that. And I bet we've heard this before. Treat other people as though you were serving God. You know, there's another place in Matthew 25 where Jesus says, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So there's a right way to say, you know, again, I've heard this illustration before. If the president of the United States was coming to stay at your hotel, now, you may say, well, I don't like the president. Okay, Re- <laughs> rewind that. Remember a president that you did like, okay? And you're like, I didn't like any of them, okay? I, I get it. Pretend there was a president you liked. And the president's coming to stay in your hotel. How nice would you want to make it? And even more so, the God of the universe is coming to stay in your hotel. Both of those are great. But you can actually go one level higher than that. And this is really what Peter is kind of exhorting us to. Here is. Think about the way that God has served you and serve other people that way. Now, just sit here with me for a second. God is the ultimate in showing hospitality. When you read the very first couple of chapters of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, really what it's doing there is saying God made a planet that was perfectly hospitable for human beings, it had light, it had warmth. It had water, it had land, it had food, it had beauty, it had friendships, it had everything for perfect human flourishing. There's another place in Matthew where Jesus was talking. One of the things he said, he said, God is so gracious and kind and hospitable, I'm paraphrasing just a little bit, that he even lets his enemies get to experience his good gifts. Like the sunshine, like rain. Everybody gets to experience so many of God's good gifts. But the ultimate way that we see God serving humanity is when God became a man in Christ. Think about this, he had all the resources. He had all the privileges. He wasn't just a steward, he was the real owner. And he said, I am willing to lay aside all of my privileges to ownership and go down there and be a humble man, be a poor man, and serve his people and literally at the end of his life when he died on the cross, remember where we started this whole thing, love on the stretch. <laughs> it is the greatest example of all time of love being stretched out literally on a cross. Every fiber of his muscle bearing the weight of God's justice against sin for his people. And, and you meditate on that kind of sacrificial love because that, that that's really the heart of it. I'm willing to sacrifice for other people. And you think about how much he sacrificed for his people, it changes you. You know, if he was willing to sacrifice that much for enemies, how much more should I be willing to sacrifice for friends, co-workers, a customer, a homeless person, whoever it is that you come across. So let me pray for us. I'll give it back to Josh and we can do whatever he thinks best. Okay, okay. Yeah. Father, uh, we do thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you most of all for Christ, and we pray that you would work in our lives to uh, make us into the people, the men, the women, uh, the business owners, the employees, the customer servant agents, Lord, the stewards that you want us to be. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Truth Wars with Dr. Olin Stubbs. We want to remind you to please leave a review for this podcast wherever you listen and to share this podcast with any friends or family that you think may be blessed by Olin's teaching.